Episode 20. With a sharp blast on his whistle, Mustafa shot in the air after the balls. They're off! screamed Bagman, and it's Mullet! Troy! Moran! Dimitriov! Back to Mullet! Troy! Levski! Moran! It was Quidditch as Harry had never seen it played before. He was pressing his ominoculars so hard to his eyes that his glasses were cutting into the bridge of his nose. The speed of the players was incredible. The chasers were throwing the quaffles to each other so fast that Bagman only had time to say their names. Harry spun the slow dial on the right of his ominoculars again, pressed the play-by-play button on the top, and he was immediately watching in slow motion while glittering purple letters flashed across the lenses and the noise of the crowd pounded against his eardrums. Hawkshead attacking formation, he read, as he watched the three Irish chasers zoom closely together. Troy in the center, slightly ahead of Mullet and Moran, bearing down on the Bulgarians. Porskov ploy, flashed up next, as Troy made as though to dart upward with the quaffle, drawing away the Bulgarian chaser Ivanova and dropping the quaffle to Moran. One of the Bulgarian beaters, Volkov, swung hard at a passing bludger with his small club, knocking it into Moran's path. Moran ducked to avoid the bludger and dropped the quaffle, and Levski, soaring beneath, caught it. Troy scores, roared Bagman, and the stadium shuddered with a roar of applause and cheers. 10-0 to Ireland! What? Harry yelled, looking wildly around through his ominoculars. But Levski's got the quaffle. Harry, if you're not going to watch at normal speed, you're going to miss things, shouted Hermione, who was dancing up and down, waving her arms in the air while Troy did a lap of honor around the pitch. Harry looked quickly over the top of his ominoculars and saw that the leprechauns, watching from the sidelines, had all risen into the air again and formed the great glittering shamrock. Across the pitch, the Vila were watching them sulkily. Furious with himself, Harry spun his speed dial back to normal as play resumed. Harry knew enough about Quidditch to see that the Irish chasers were superb. They worked as a seamless team, appearing to read each other's minds by the way they positioned themselves. And the rosette on Harry's chest kept squeaking their names, Troy, Mullet, Moran! And within ten minutes, Ireland had scored twice more, bringing their lead to 30-0 and causing a thunderous tide of roars and applause from the green-clad supporters. The match became still faster, but more brutal. Volkov and Volkanov, the Bulgarian beaters, were whacking the bludgers as fiercely as possible at the Irish chasers and were starting to prevent them from using some of their best moves. Twice they were forced to scatter. And then, finally, Ivanova managed to break through their ranks, dodge the keeper, Ryan, and score Bulgaria's first goal. Fingers in your ears, bellowed Mr. Weasley as the Vila started to dance in celebration. Harry screwed up his eyes, too. He wanted to keep his mind on the game. After a few seconds, he chanced to glance at the pitch. The Vila had stopped dancing, and Bulgaria were again in possession of the quaffle. 
Dmitriov, Levski, Dmitriov, Ivanova. Oh, I say, roared Bagman. One hundred thousand wizards and witches gasped as the two seekers, Crum and Lynch, plummeted through the center of the chasers so fast that it looked as though they had just jumped from airplanes without parachutes. Harry followed their descent through his omnoculars, squinting to see where the snitch was. They're going to crash, screamed Hermione next to Harry. She was half right. At the very last second, Victor Crumb pulled out of his dive and spiraled off. Lynch, however, hit the ground with a dull thud that could be heard throughout the stadium. A huge groan rose from the Irish seats. Fool, moaned Mr. Weasley. Crumb was fainting. It's time out, yelled Bagman's voice, as trained Mediwizers hurried onto the pitch to examine Aidan Lynch. He'll be okay. He only got plowed, Charlie said reassuringly to Jenny, who was hanging over the side of the box looking horror-struck. Which is what Crumb was after, of course. Harry hastily pressed the replay and play-by-play buttons on his omnoculars, twiddled the speed dial, and put them back up to his eyes. He watched as Crumb and Lynch dived again in slow motion. Ronsky faint, dangerous seeker diversion read the shining purple lettering across his lenses. He saw Crumb's face contorted with concentration as he pulled out of the dive just in time, while Lynch was flattened. And he understood. Crumb hadn't seen the snitch at all. He was just making Lynch copy him. Harry had never seen anyone fly like that. Crumb hardly looked as though he was using a broomstick at all. He moved so easily through the air that it looked as though he was unsupported and weightless. Harry turned his omnoculars back to normal and focused them on Crumb. He was circling, high above Lynch, who was now being revived by Mediwizards with cups of potion. Harry, focusing still more closely on Crumb's face, saw his dark eyes darting all over the ground a hundred feet below. He was using the time while Lynch was revived to look for the snitch without interference. Lynch got to his feet at last, to loud cheers from the green-clad supporters, mounted his firebolt and kicked back off into the air. His revival seemed to give Ireland new heart. When Mustafa blew his whistle again, the chasers moved into action with a skill unrivaled by anything Harry had seen so far. After 15 more fast and furious minutes, Ireland had pulled ahead by 10 more goals. They were now leading by 130 points to 10, and the game was starting to get dirtier. As Mullet shot toward the goalposts yet again, clutching the quaffle tightly under her arm, the Bulgarian keeper, Zograf, flew out to meet her. Whatever happened was over so quickly Harry didn't catch it, but a scream of rage from the Irish crowd and Mustafa's long, shrill whistle blast told him it had been a foul. And Mustafa takes the Bulgarian keeper to task for cobbing excessive use of elbows, Bagman informed the roaring spectators. And yes, it's a penalty to Ireland. The leprechauns, who had risen angrily into the air like a swarm of glittering hornets when Mullet had been fouled, now darted together to form the words, Ha, ha, ha. 
The Vila, on the other side of the pitch, leapt to their feet, tossed their hair angrily, and started to dance again. As one, the Weasley boys and Harry stuffed their fingers in their ears, but Hermione, who hadn't bothered, was soon tugging on Harry's arm. He turned to look at her, and she pulled his fingers impatiently out of his ears. Look at the referee, she said, giggling. Harry looked down at the pitch. Her son Mustafa had landed right in front of the dancing Vila and was acting very oddly indeed. He was flexing his muscles and smoothing his mustache excitedly. Now we can't have that, said Ludo Bagman, though he sounded highly amused. Somebody slap the referee. A betty wizard came tearing across the pitch, his fingers stuffed into his own ears and kicked Mustafa hard on the shins. Mustafa seemed to come to himself. Harry, watching through the omnoculars again, saw that he looked exceptionally embarrassed and was shouting at the Vila, who had stopped dancing and were looking mutinous. And unless I'm much mistaken, Mustafa is actually attempting to send off the Bulgarian team mascots, said Bagman's voice. Now there's something we haven't seen before. Oh, this could turn nasty. It did. The Bulgarian beaters, Volkov and Volkanov, had landed either side of Mustafa and began arguing furiously with him, gesticulating toward the leprechauns, who had now gleefully formed the words, <laughs> Mustafa was not impressed by the Bulgarians' arguments, however. He was jabbing his finger into the air, clearly telling them to get flying again. And when they refused, he gave two short blasts on his whistle, Two penalties for Ireland, shouted Bagman, and the Bulgarian crowd howled with anger. And Volkov and Volkanov had better get back on those brooms. Yes, there they go, and Troy takes the quaffle.